So I went to the doctor yesterday with my brother because I had an appointment and uh, the doctor midway was like, wait, are you married? And I went, no. And then 10 minutes later, <laughs> he asked me again, are you married? And I was like, no. And then he goes, are you sexually active? And I go, yes. And he says, okay, because the medicine I'm about to prescribe to you, one of the side effects is that you won't be able to get pregnant. And I said, good, because that's never the objective. <laughs> the silence that filled that room. My brother turned to stone. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Welcome to another episode of Cut the Foreplay. My name is Nanny Favorite. I'm your host for this and every other episode until the internet goes away. So this is what we're going to do today. We have so much in store. First of all, the universe is so kind to me. This entire episode is focused on fetishes. Number two, I'm ovulating, so my pheromones are everywhere. Number three, I'm just a horny piece of shit, and this is going to make me so happy. If you enjoy uh, these kind of feels, remember that I do have another episode with Linda Nyangueso in the first season called Let's Talk Dirty, where we basically dive into different strange fetishes, strange non-sexual habits as well. But because I did that episode at the ripe age of 26, in the last four years, I feel like I've grown a sufficient amount and I would like to revisit the topic from a solely sexual perspective. I want us to learn what fetishes are. I want us to go through the entire fetish alphabet. So I got 26 goodies for you. And lastly, you know, I love an open, sexy conversation. So I'm going to get some people that we both love, that we both admire, that we both respect to share some of their little sexy fetishes with us, along with their sexual fantasies. And some of the ones that I've gotten are so fucking good. So go into it with an open heart, open mind, open legs. And if we have any of these fetishes in common, DM me. Let's see what we can do about this. What on earth is a fucking fetish? Fetishism is a problem. <laughs> This is the definition that I found on the interwebs. Fetishism is a problem in which a person has sexual urges associated with non-living objects. The person becomes sexually aroused by wearing or touching the object. The fetish may replace sexual activity with a partner or may be integrated into sexual activity with a willing partner. I think that definition is a little bit hardcore to start off immediately saying it's a problem. I think if you have it under control and it's something that you enjoy from time to time then live your best you slutty queen but if you're like oh my god i need somebody to poke my dick with tweezers 24 hours a day for me to feel something in my heart and soul then i'd be like baby you gotta get yourself checked to quote the spice girls too much of something is bad enough come in mossy <clears throat> bad enough it's hard to harmonize myself, but I do it well. It's just like masturbation. Flicking the bean. In my definition, a fetish is something that gets you off that feels outside of the norm. The norm being heterosexual sex with the lights off, missionary style, you take a shower right after and repent. Baby, in this episode, we're gonna let our freak flag fly. What am I saying? As though it's a one-off. Every single episode, this is all that we do. See you 
it, say it, sign it The letters of the alphabet See it, say it, sign it The letters of the alphabet is for age play. I've never personally done this. I'm not here to like infantilize anyone or vice versa, but people enjoy the daddy and mommy situation, a quite literal like wearing a diaper and they're like, oh, my diaper is full me, I've done some so-so. And then it turns into something sexy. <laughs> I just, I can't figure out a scenario where that's sexy. Imagine me being like, Daddy, I want to drink some juice. And he's like, the only juice you're gonna drink is my, from a dick. <laughs> Make it stop. I hate it. Whatever's going on in my mind right now, I hate it. <laughs> B is for bondage. Sign me up for this motherfucker. <laughs> tie me up, tie you up. Have you suspended midair like Spider-Man. And I crack <laughs> your ass open. Abso fucking lootly here for that. This, I believe, is more about vulnerability than anything else. If you're willing to just like give yourself up and be like, hey, do whatever you want to me. Hot, hella hot. Yes, hun. Knee. C is for cuckolding. First of all, I thought cuckolding was something where you just like grab somebody's cock <laughs> for an extended period of time until they felt pain. But no, that's not what it actually is. Cuckolding traditionally is when heterosexual couple <sighs> already bored. I'm just kidding, it's, I'll allow it. <clears throat> Heterosexual couple agrees to both explore the turn on of the female sleeping with other men and humiliate her partner about the fact that she's sleeping with somebody else. The male partner need not be present. Perhaps he gets off on the mere thought of his partner having sex with somebody else. For others, there's an element of voyeurism, which we're gonna dive into later because I didn't know what the fuck that was before doing this episode. I was like, hello, we're going on a voyage. You and me on a boat somewhere nice. I bring Chevro a little bit, Chevro. So there is an element of voyeurism to the cuckolding as well. This kink isn't just for heterosexual couples. People of all genders and orientations can enjoy cuckolding varieties. If you're turned on by the idea of your partner sleeping with somebody else, yet you don't necessarily want the emotionally taxing, heartbreaking moment when you realize, oh my God, it's going down. You could always use some cheeky bit of dirty talk, throw in that situation in there or even virtual sex with a third party. I love this. This is an episode where we, we share way too much information. So I will tell you that I always try to get my partners to sleep with other people. And they're like, baby, I only have eyes for you. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, you little bitch, and do it. Like, do you not want to see your partner having wild, passionate sex with someone while you eat a gluten-free sandwich on the side? That's the kind of paradise I'm here for. D is for dominance. I love this. <laughs> I feel like we're just, each one, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I love some good roles, you know, sub, dom. Mm, it's a grand play. It's a play within a play. It's an inception of art. Kind of lingus. Is for electrostimulation. I have never tried this, neither am I willing to ever try this. I'm just there trying to take a nice peaceful bath, candles everywhere, rose petals. I'm listening to Enya, I've had a hard day, and my partner's standing over me with a plugged in toaster. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. 
is for foot fetishism. This is funny because this is the, the, the reason that I started this episode because I posted a picture on the internet where you could see my feet and somebody wrote, God, if I could just suck those feet is for humiliation. Not all BDSM acts are physical. Intense language as a use of force can be just as beautiful and even more intense and consensually degrading physical sensations such as impact play. So if you've ever been spanked, if you've ever done the spanking, you have taken part in impact play. The most common form of humiliation is name calling and verbal abuse. One of the most common misconceptions about humiliation play is that it's anti-feminist, which is absolute bullshit. A lot a lot of people can be powerhouses outside of the bedroom and still be powerhouses within the bedroom but want to be called bitch, slut, whore, or you name it. I'm not opposed to this. If you want me to call you terrible things, I will do it in a heartbeat. Do I want to be called terrible things? No. My biggest fear is that I would go in too deep, you know? I'd be like, you're a bitch. And you'd be like, yes. And I'd be like, you fucking slut. And you'd be like, oh my God, say more things. And I'd be like, you have a low IQ and your mom says you were born with scoliosis. <laughs> I is for impact play. J is for Japanese bondage. K is for clismophilia. I don't, that sounds like an affection you get on your clitoris. Clismophilia is a glamorous Greek word that means arousal by enemas. Boop, 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 boop. A cheeky bit of butt play never hurt no one. Except that guy that put a bottle in his asshole and it broke inside him so he died. That's not good. If you are not familiar, an enema is a medical device that squirts water slightly warmer than body temperature into your anus. 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 I butthole. It's used by hospitals to relieve people of constipation or to prep them for certain medical procedures. Now, this particular kink generally refers to receiving pleasure from receiving an enema, although there are those who get off on administering enemas as well. Oh, put on a kinky lab coat, make sure it's not white because the poop's gonna get on you. L is for limits. M is for masochism. N is for nylons. Is for objectum sexuality, which initially when I read it aloud, I was like, that is a Harry Potter spell. A hundred percent. Objectum sexuality! And it's a mirror that tells you all your deepest, darkest, sexy secrets. And I say it, and boom, Peter Andre appears. <laughs> Baby girl, I said tonight is your lucky night. Peter Andre alongside Mumbleblanchonflano. Refers to a sexual relationship or attraction to an inanimate object. The media frequently portrays objectum sexuals as freaks and weirdos falling in love with things such as the Eiffel Tower, roller coaster, a boat, or their couch. First of all, in the next episode, we're going to talk about a woman who has babies with a roller coaster and is married to it. It's a wild ride. <laughs> Absolutely zero pun intended. However, such an understanding of objectum sexuality is limited. By literal definition, a fetish or any fetish is an attraction to an inanimate object. This includes lingerie, feet, sex toys. In fact, 
In the age of rapidly advancing sex doll technology, we may all soon be a little bit engaged in objectum sexuality. Such perspective is crucial because it helps understand and empathize with those who catch feelings for more out there objects because kink shaming sucks. I was asking a group of people if you were to fall in love with an anim inanimate object, what would it be? And mine would easily be either my treadmill or Bluetooth speakers or headphones. Because each time I use them, I'm like elated endorphins are running, I'm sweating because I'm either dancing or running. You know what I mean? It just reminds me of sexual things. P is for, funnily enough, not pee. It's not about golden showers. It's for pregnancy fetishism. I totally get this. <laughs> Pregnant women are so beautiful. They're radiant. Their pheromones are out of control. They're just doing the most by carrying on the survival of the human race. And if that is not attractive, I don't know what is. So if you're out there and you love pregnant women, I get it. Q is for queerophilia. I don't even think I'm saying that right. It sounds like Professor Quirrell. I feel like this is more Harry Potter based than fetishes. A specific fetish for hands is referred to queerophilia, which may manifest as an attraction to fingers, a great manicure, or simply some smoking hot hands. Hands are sexy. This is true. And I don't mean in the very basic way that straight women need men to have clean hands. No, that's just not wanting a yeast infection. <laughs> Role play. Oh my god, sweet lord have mercy. This is definitely on my list. This is definitely something I do regularly. S. Spectrophilia is something that I've covered before, but I didn't actually know the term for it. And it uh, is sexual attraction or relationships or sexual encounters with ghosts. Remember? I told you there was a guy before that was in a relationship with a ghost and they were taking it to the next level because he wanted to have a threesome. And maybe some people are laughing at him because they're like, that's not real. But to me, I'm like, I stand this man because even in his ghosty relationship, he full on asked for consent from his non-living girlfriend to be with some somebody else together. T is for tentacles. This is very exciting that this comes up because I have a lot of tentacle porn that I want to read for you in our next segment of the Horny Book Club. I'm just looking for the right voice for it. Europhilia is not an obsession with Europe. It's golden showers. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Nope. There is an episode of uh, Sex in the City where Carrie dates a guy who wants her to piss on him. He's this like big politician dude. And they go to an Indian restaurant and the food is so spicy, but she doesn't want to drink any water because she's fearful of having a full bladder because he's going to ask for it. <laughs> My God, can you just communicate? Hey, bud, when we're doing dirty things to each other, dirty doesn't include number one or number two. Should we continue dating or no? And he's like, no. And then you can go on and drink water and, and then you won't have to be parched. Come in full circle to voyeurism. A voyeur is someone who derives sexual pleasure from watching others get it on. When you speak about voyeurism from a kink perspective, we're talking about consensual voyeurism. Very important distinction here because exhibitionists enjoy being watched and voyeurs enjoy watching. Oh, sign me up, baby. Is there a club? I'm definitely a voyeur. So this makes two of these kinks a common item on the menu at sex parties or kink events. Have you ever been to a kink event? I have to ask. 
ask, are there ones that go on in Nairobi? I'm only attending if everybody's a 7.5 and above. Because once you have two drinks, everybody will be at least a 9. W is for whip. Not whipped cream. X is for wax play. A hundo pee. Even when I'm at a restaurant alone, I still pour the wax on my hand and I'm like, oh yeah. Y is for yoni egg. And Z is for zappers. Damn, that was a lot of kink. I think I said yes to about 20 out of 26 of those. <laughs> Absolutely unprovoked because it's not like anybody asked me. But we all know I'm a nosy motherfucker, so I did ask some people and uh, you may recognize some of these voices. And if you have a secret crush on some of these people, get a notepad and a pen. This is the way to their hearts. Rather, their crotches. Hey, it's Levis. Um, I wish Nadia and I could scissor, you know. I think it would be easier for me to answer what's not my fetish. <laughs> I'd probably say sensation play. It refers to a huge range of activities based on receiving or withholding of different stimuli. For instance, if one partner blindfolds you and deprives you of your sense of light, that's a form of sensory deprivation. If a partner drags a piece of ice along your skin, uh, that's known as temperature. One of my favorite one, when a partner chokes the living hell out of you. <laughs> What's your sexual fantasy? Well, that's an easy one, Jason Momoa. Next. I have to admit, role-playing. I recently discovered this about me, but with my partners, I tend to always subtly initiate role-play of any type. Um, examples include school, massage parlor, office setting, coach-slash-athlete situation. Basically, any relationship where we shouldn't really be hooking up. <laughs> But specifically, anything to do with school slash university is my main uh, rush factor slash turn on. Like teacher-student stuff is pretty hot. Student-student stuff is pretty hot. Even teacher-teacher stuff. I think it's because that's where I spent most of the time in the closet. And all relationships slash hookups were discreet slash secret. And that was kind of hot. Ooh, well, this is hard. <laughs> um, seriously, this is hard. Um, it's easier to say what isn't my kink than what is my king i love them all i love dominance i love submission i love bdsm i love oh i love breath play voyeurism being watched watching others japanese bondage what else is there i love it all but what's my fantasy if you've read uh, 50 shades of gray then you know that that was child's play so this is a story of changing fetishes I've always known that I have been relatively kink curious, somewhat into BDSM, but none of the guys that I have dated before were really interested in that or even that sexually adventurous or even interested at all. So when I recently met someone who was interested in playing on the dominant side, I was really excited. We did a lot of new things for me. I learned uh, new things that I thought would be boundaries for me that I actually was super into. Got new lingerie, was, uh, you know, playing around with new toys and tools and language. And it was all really, really fun, except even that situation wasn't necessarily in an environment where I felt like I could be fully sexually empowered and that I really did have a certain level of control that I was looking for in a sexual relationship. I was doing a lot of reading about fetishes and about BDSM and things like aftercare, you know, things like uh, all the types of communication that you need to have just really weren't there. And that was really disappointing to me. So I said, all right, well, you know, maybe in the next guy I'm looking to hook up with, I need to uh, find someone who's a little bit a better communicator 
communicator. And then I was watching this terrible soap opera TV show where a girl was um, taking more of a dominant role um, and was telling her colleague to do a bunch of things. And all of a sudden, my fetish sexuality switched. And I said, oh, I'm into that now. My sexual fantasies are revolving around cuckolding, forced cross-dressing, um, and even things like orgasm and bathroom control. Very excited to fantasize about and explore, and something that I think, yeah, if anyone out there wants to join me, please do. Hey, what's up? This is Sony Side Up, and I'm about to embarrass myself once more on Cut the Foreplay. So when Nadia first asked me about my fetishes, honestly, I thought I was pretty vanilla, but then she shared this article about things that you could potentially be into, and I'm gonna give you my top three. Number one, bondage, obviously. Tie me up. <laughs> 50 Shades of Grey <laughs> taught me well. I just feel like that would be fun. Dominance, I'm all about it. Big D stands for dominance. But other than that, for this wet ass pussy, all you gotta do is tie me up and dominate me. This is the weirdest shit I've ever had to answer, but here goes. What is my fetish? <clears throat> my fetish is 100% fishnet stockings, garters, high heels, crotchless panties. What's my sexual fantasy? Hot air balloon, man, for sure. Can you imagine being up there, like, looking down to the world and, you know, doing the thing? Where would you draw the line, a.k.a.? What are you 100% never willing to do? Scat porn is, well, this is no porn. Jesus fucking Christ. Basically, any bodily liquids or solids that aren't cum are just, nope, absolutely not. No thanks. Where would I draw the line? Okay, what are 100% never willing to do? It's gotta be scat, scat porn. <laughs> it's it. I can't believe you asked me if cheeky incest is a th is one of yeah. I mean that's not even in the friggin' conversation. Things I'm not into. I'm not into incest or incest play. Not into poop. So it's easier to say what I don't like than what I do like. Defecation. Don't shit on me. Erotic humiliation as well is another one I don't like. Here's where I draw the line in terms of fetishes. I mean, I have several. <laughs> but humiliation, I'm embarrassing enough as it is in my day-to-day -day life. I just don't think I could stand somebody. My ego couldn't stand somebody humiliating me in bed. That's not going to turn me on. So I don't know. I just don't think I'd take a man seriously if he was sucking my toes. I wanted to add for uh, the cheeky incest bit, um, it's not in the conversation because my sister's a fucking hound. <laughs>